Algar Productions. Despite the title, the following podcast is most decidedly not for kids. This is the Kids Love Justice League podcast with your hosts, Maggie Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Episode 181 Wake the Dead and The Once and Future Thing with Gav Brown. Hi, pals. It's uh, the end of Justice League Unlimited Season 1 already. I'm Al. I'm Maggie. I'm Irish Gav. Yay. Uh, I'm always happy to be here. Oh, always happy always to have you. But uh, this is the last time, though. Mm-hmm. It's the not last because time we're for so many people. Yeah, not not because we're like uh, we're not happy to see you, but because you know we're almost at the end. So mm-hmm. you you chose a real good one to go out on, though. Yeah. Yes, that was deliberate. Not well, I... to do with my schedule at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know the the third episode we cover here has some like series highs that I suspect you had in mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know good? what you're talking about. No, of course not. There was a third episode? <laughs> oh, yeah, we, I guess we typically do, too. Yeah, unfortunately, you also have to do part two of... Uh, well, that's okay. <laughs> I'm sure we can fake our way through it. I, I mean, I personally have seen that one about a dozen times, so I could mm-hmm. probably fake not having watched it recently. <laughs> and also, Batman was also there, and he did a cool thing. He did a lot of cool things. He yes. did all the cool things. Mm-hmm. Well, he wasn't in the first one, though. You can't bluff your way through that. Yes, I can. No, oh, well, it's I mean, a shame Batman's could. not here. Well, there you go. Nailed it. <laughs> you know, his problems would have been solved a lot quicker if Batman was here. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Well, we have a lot to get to, so Gav, why don't you tell us what happens in Wake the Dead? Okay, then. A group of bullied students try to get even on their bullies by performing a dark magic ritual to make themselves stronger. But in true Buffy fashion, it doesn't seem to work. Well, until that is, Solomon Grundy crushes one of their heads. Meanwhile, in the Tower of Dr. Fate, Shaira and Aquaman are playing chess. She's depressed and doesn't care. Aquaman's a twat. He wins and is humble about it. Only kidding, he's a twat about it. The android Amazo then challenges him to a game. Then, at a fashion show, Vixen walks down the catwalk and winks at... Green Lantern. But no time for fashion, it's business time. Justice League business. They fly to see that Solomon Grundy has returned, stronger than ever. Villains never return weaker than ever, do they? Anyway, Grundy is about to overcome them both when Super Nick of Time Man arrives. Despite (laughs) trying to talk to him, Grundy still attacks. Superman is then flying into a bridge, but the cover is here. It's, I'll just check my notes, it's Aquaman on an octopus. Oh. (laughs) Never mind, Shaira has returned to the fray as well, and she saves a mother and daughter from falling into the ocean. Shaira tries to talk to Grundy as well, as she knows him, but Grundy is mindless and slams her into a wall. Yeah, I've met people like that. <laughs> All the heroes attack, and but Amazo says that he will stop him. However, Grundy just absorbs his power, so Amazo leaves. Thanks, Amazo, for all your help. <laughs> they seem to be losing again before Shaira hits him with her mace. He escapes into the sewers and Shaira insists on killing him herself. She flies down and a few moments later returns to tell them it's done. Reporters ask Shaira about being dismissed from the, delete, from the league. Green Lantern tells them she's free to return. People shout out that she's a traitor, but others shout out that she saved their lives. <sighs> People. 
<laughs> also, Superman has the moment, he doesn't say it out loud, but he has the mm-hmm. moment where it's like, well, who among us has not led an alien army to uh, enslave the Earth, right? Batman's like, definitely not me, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let but he who it... is without world domination plans cast the first stone, Superman. Ca- this cast stone the first Batarang. <laughs> oh no that's way better <laughs> uh, I don't know how they well I do know because Dwayne McDuffie wrote this but uh-huh. I, I don't know how they managed to have Hawkgirl be there for Solomon Grundy's death a second time and make it sad a second time Yep, like that first good time writers. was so, so touching and great and it's like you can't go back to that well that's not going to be good and mm-hmm. it was it was really good yeah yeah, and it was great that they didn't show it. They just, yep, you know, she raised her mace, and then the next thing she's flying up out of it. Yeah, yeah, they didn't it's even like, do the thing where they cut to the other guys and you hear a wham from under no. under the ground. You hear like nothing. It's good. Now it's just this beautiful moment where uh, Shire approaches Grundy and goes, "Girl, I got what you need, but they say you're just a friend. <laughs> say you're just a friend." Mm-hmm. Whack. Caw. Mm-hmm. There's the, like, they've done a really good job of, like, they've reminded us once or twice of what happened, but they've really had us living in the J- the new JLU world now. Mm-hmm. So, like, Shire is there, and she's recovering, and she's thinking about, you know, she went to her room to think about what she did. But, yeah. like, she's not in the picture right now, and it's, it's exactly the right amount of time to bring her back and to mm-hmm. catch up with her, and it was great. And, uh, Gav, this is kind of your good thing, yeah? Uh, yes, she's just such a great written character. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, her arc, arc goes from not caring to taking up her weapon in order to help a friend and, and then to killing him in order to help him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just such a good arc. And it's, in terms of... Oh, go ahead. No, it's just... It's just she's an interesting character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're just in having term- this as the way that the, how they bring her back is just really good. Like, it's got to be... Yeah. It's got to be something. She can't just be like, well, I'm back because uh, Doomsday's here or whatever. Yeah, my punishment was to go away for three months, and now it's mm-hmm. been three months. Like, no, yep. it needs to be more than that. No, no this, uh, this feels like a personal. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, it's, I, and in terms of her larger arc, it's good because she is miserable from what she did. She doesn't mm-hmm. feel good about that, but also she's got to get on with her life. And it's yeah. like, it makes sense. Yeah, because Aquaman's like laying, like sort of laying into her in the start, and it doesn't washes off her because she just hates herself even mm-hmm. more. Yeah, and he's like, I I know, and we'll get into this in a minute when we talk about your bad thing. But I know he's he comes on a bit strong, but he's trying to provoke her because it's Hawk Girl, right? Like yeah. that that should work. And he even says, "Well, I should have ex- I shouldn't have expected much from a woman," and, and she just <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, like, probably okay, not. That, oh wow, if that she's didn't. Real, yeah, if that didn't work. I got nothing. <laughs> she, she's really upset. All my all my shitty behavior did nothing. He doesn't usually act that shitty. Is the thing he was clearly trying to get her to mm-hmm. like react in some way. Mm-hmm. He's like, eh, whatever. And there's like we're about three quarters of the episode in, and and she she raises the mace, and we hear that ha, and it's like, oh, yep. I missed that. Yep. <laughs> Also, I really like her new costume, question mark. Uh, it, well, the thing is, in this episode, it's just her mm-hmm. civilian clothes. She's just a regular-ass woman 
who happens to have wings. But, but like um, in the next one, they show her up at the watchtower again and she does have like a new outfit. Like I like think she's that's basically her... just wearing a tracksuit. Yeah. In this, it's like a like a T-shirt. But mm-hmm. in the next one, yeah, it's it's a little more superhero. I think like I kind of like the idea that she's like, yeah, I'm back, but I I can not be hot girl anymore. Well, you know, before was a variation of her Thanagarian, like, like uh, a military uniform, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's it, like we mentioned this at the time. It feels very much like a, well, let's take the, uh, our soldier uniform and just make it more superhero-y so, I, so that I blend in better. Yeah. And, and of course but, she had the mask and now she doesn't. But like the idea that she's just like, well, I can't go, I'm, I'm not going back to that. Like that's some no. good plan. That's some good thinking for something that I don't think they ever actually mention. No, and and we said this all along through Justice League, but the depth that they've given Hawkgirl, a throwaway mm-hmm. girl version of an already lame male character mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. comics, like, is amazing. Yeah. Like, this character should be nothing. Mm-hmm. And instead, she's everything. Yeah. But you would expect that from these people, because, I mean, look at what they did with Mr. Freeze. I mean, yeah. yeah. That's true. 100%. That's I also like Aquaman saying, uh, Diana tells me that you beat Batman at chess sometimes. And at first I was like, no. She, and then wait a minute. No. You know, she's not stupid. No. She's impulsive and she's aggressive, but she's not dumb. And also she's a, she was a fucking soldier. Like. Yeah, she thinks tactically. You're right. Yeah. Strategy is definitely a thing that she, know, like, look, I, I'm sure Batman can beat her in many other things, but like, you know, chess, yeah. sure. I just, I like. I like knowing that she acts like she's kind of a dumb, tough character, but mm-hmm. she's not. She just yeah. acts like that. Well, that's the thing. And then you underestimate it because you're like just waiting for her to ha you again. Yeah. And then she <laughs> outthinks you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maggie, uh, what was your good thing? Uh, oh, so uh, this is, I think, this, this is the first appearance of Vixen. Uh, definitely the first uh, time she spoke. I think she might have been in one of those giant background shots that mm-hmm. we've gotten throughout the season. But yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. But um, and sh- we find out she's uh, she's been dating uh, John. Mm-hmm. And uh, I kind of really love her. Like she is on camera for five seconds and you learn everything about her. Like. The, yeah, she's the a model design. who has animal powers mm-hmm. and like. Okay, good. I get that. The, the the design translates really well to the Bruce Tim style. The way they mm-hmm. sort of show her powers where like, I don't know, like a transparent magic animal sort of comes out of her like she like there's a there's a part where her arm gets broken and she like uses lizard powers to like snap it back into place and that's badass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like And it's yeah, it's very good. Her her run cycle, which is not what they which is the thing they use to refer to video game characters not animation but whatever um looks really unique yeah, well i think she's supposed to like i think they they modeled her running after probably a cheetah or something like that like they they probably animated the human to look a little more like an animal so it looks kind of distinctive yeah but i i just all of it adds up to like a really cool character that i'm very interested in sticking around you know also we are we are squarely in the era where uh andrea romano was obviously very into all the joss whedon shows because this oh, is yeah. uh, uh gina torres from firefly is mm-hmm. the, the voice of vixen and a very good addition to the cast like really also really distinctive very good voice. Yeah. yeah 
and you can tell immediately with that character that that she's confident that you know she's not unsure of herself at all. Mm. Right, and that's that. A lot of that's the performer because she's she's just so good at that. She's just mm. exudes that confidence. Yeah, I, I um, love. I, oh, go ahead. go ahead. No, you. I I am very excited to see like developments between her and Hawk Girl being back in the team now because John is still so clearly in love with her that it's pathetic. Well, and it's it it's not as clear in this one as it will be in the next couple. Like they're mm-hmm. they're introducing this element that they will continue to to play with because they're doing more serialization, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um but in this one, I really like the way he acts around her because he's not he's not mad anymore. No. And he's not being pathetic around her. He's he's trying to defer to her and mostly keep his distance. And like, that's that's good. That's professional. That's it's it's not like, you know, she's your like she's she was the love of your life and you should be heartbroken. But Mm -hmm. you're treating her like, oh, another superhero has come to help us. Hello, other superhero. And it's it's, you know, I like it. We we uh we definitely need you here to fight Solomon Grundy, but um mm-hmm. also I am a pro- <clears throat> I am a professional, and uh that is all we will be talking about mm-hmm. right now. Also, my new girlfriend's here, and um, Boy, there's a lot going yeah. on. Yeah, yep. and and, uh, uh, and no, I don't have a problem dating in the workplace. No, <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> um, I love. We've seen. Uh, John in his civilian clothes before, but they've they've upgraded his look a little bit, and I yep. love it. He looks like a cross between when Sam Jackson played Shaft and yep. um, Captain Sisko, and it's yeah. such a good. There's there's a moment where he's he's watching Vixen on the runway, and then he goes backstage to pick her up, and the the beautiful models are walking by and turning their heads like, "Hey, who's that?" Like mm-hmm. that's how hot he is, and I mm-hmm. love that. <laughs> Jeez, that guy's as hot as Green Lantern. Yeah. Thanks, Green Lantern. I'm Booster Gold. But I just, I like canonically, he's like the hottest, maybe maybe the hottest guy in the Justice League. Yeah. I could Batman doesn't that. count. Batman doesn't count because it's an act. Yeah. I don't uh, think, I I don't think, even if it wasn't an act, I don't think Batman's the hottest person in the jail. Bruce, is, jail Bruce is pretty fucking handsome. I don't know. Look, he's pretty conventionally <laughs> handsome. I Sure. Plus, he's got in in the the sort of new Batman Adventures redesign. He's got the bat shaped eyebrows, which are pretty mm, great. That is pretty cool. <laughs> I like to hope he shaved them. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, it's like how in uh, in the Arkham games, he makes a point of drawing out the explosive gel and a little bat sign. Like he just he can't stop oh, himself. Like, can't stop it. Yeah, it's like that. It's like that S that everyone does. That he, he just can't stop doing the. Oh, bat the cool sign. S. Yeah, yes. the cool S. <laughs> Is that not uh, just an American Canadian phenomenon? Like you guys have that over there too? Um I think it probably isn't American, but you know, if it's if if it's American, then it'll get over here eventually. Well, I've, ne- I've never done it, but I think I've heard of it from from like you guys. No, I, oh, okay. I only recently taught myself how to do it. You you gotta mm. use lined paper. Mm-hmm. We don't have that to helps but it a makes lot. it easier. Yeah. Mm. Uh so my good thing. I've mm-hmm. I've already mentioned this several times because I keep thinking we've gotten to the episode and we haven't. But this is this is the one uh, the the team in this episode is Marvel's Defenders. And I yes. love that. So Aquaman is Namor. Amazo mm-hmm. is Silver Surfer because he went off to the to the cosmos and learned the secrets. And he's got like crazy powers now and all that. They're they're uh, definitely doing a Silver Surfer, like a very obvious Silver Surfer riff yeah. with uh, with Amazo that like. Yeah. 
And then Dr. Fate is Dr. Strange, obviously. Mm -hmm. And uh, Grundy, this mindless, like, doesn't even speak, just goes, is is, uh, Hulk. Like, Mm -hmm. I haven't even read very much of that team. I mostly know sort of about them. But I still love how these guys just lift whatever they want from all comics. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't feel like a ripoff. It just feels like, no, what if we threw these interesting characters together? And, oh, by the way, it's also a reference if you get that. Yeah. They they always do that. Like like Terry McGinnis was Peter Parker and mm-hmm. he had that Fantastic Four team that on, on that show that one time. And yep. I just I love when they do that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Yeah, it just and to just do it for this episode, just for apparently no reason. Just you know what? Uh we'll do the the defenders this time. But they've been setting up all of this, like Amazo played out over three different episodes. Um, Hawkgirl hanging out with Doctor Strange has been around mm-hmm. for a while. Like all of these things didn't come from out of nowhere. It just sort of naturally came together. And Aquaman doesn't like most surface people, but kind of likes Doctor Fate. So, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, it's, it's cool. I like it. Well, I don't know. Doctor Fate's fine. I, I'm just going to look, you got a cool house that I can hang out at. And if I'm not hanging out on the Justice League satellite, they think I'm cool. So they um, you you did help me defeat those Cthulhu monsters that one time. So I, I guess <laughs> mm-hmm. you've earned my respect. Well, I understand squids. So. Mm-hmm. But uh, speaking of Aquaman, Gav, this is your bad thing. Yes. Uh, Aquaman. Is my bad thing. There's a whole thing about Aquaman being lame, but there's another thing to overcompensate for that. Like here, where he's like just a gruff, unpleasant person. It's mm-hmm. it's not about making the character meaner or harder in a '90s way. It's just that they need to be written better. Yeah. Um, see, Brave and the Bold, for example. No, really, mm-hmm. it's good. By Alan Maggie's Patreon. <laughs> Thank you. Patreon.com/slash/algar. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. For as little as a dollar a month, you get access to all this material. Yes. Yeah. You, uh, can, we... you can watch Brave and the Bold and listen to an insightful commentary on them. Mm-hmm. We, I don't know where uh, you can watch Brave and the Bold, but... Uh... We, we, it turned out we have a few more episodes of that than we have time to cover it. So what we have decided in the end is to choose... Each of us chose four that we particularly wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, the last the last four episodes we're dropping are going to be like particular favorites of ours. So I think that mm-hmm. might be even slightly more enjoyable instead of us just getting stuck with, I don't know, kite man or whatever. <laughs> Hell yeah. Like, I guess kite man's not a joke anymore because of the Harley show, but you know, yeah, no kite man's great now. Yeah. God damn it. That's, that's just how this stuff rolls. I guess mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't entirely disagree with you, Gav. I do. I, mm, there definitely was that time where we were all like, haha, Aquaman talks to fish. He's so dumb, but that it's been so long since that. I That's know, but Sean baby shit. Like, I know it's not just him, but like, no, but you got to go back 20 years to remember. That's how most people thought of Aquaman. So I get sure that they were trying to overcome that. And you're right. They do overcompensate a bit, but I don't well, they know. They, be, hook. they did. Yeah. Well, I mean, we saw the episode where he had to cut off his own hand to get that hook, which was yeah, pretty hard. Ah, the thing is, because they just made him Namor, I think it makes sense. But Namor's a dick, too. You're not wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yes, but he's meant to be a dick. There, there, there's something about living underwater that just makes you an asshole. And I guess I kind of understand <laughs> it. Like, if people were constantly throwing oil into my backyard, I'd be pretty pissed off, too. Yeah, it's plus the wrinkled skin. You just get it off. <laughs> he's so pruney all the time. <sighs> What's it like to be Aquaman? I'm wet and I don't even know it. 
<laughs> is that from something? It's from King of the Hill. Oh. You gotta think like a fish, Bobby. <laughs> There's some... Um, he They give him some really badass lines, though, because mm-hmm. um, Dr. Fate says uh, someone has raised Solomon Grundy from the dead again, and, and Aquaman says, tell me who's responsible, then dig more graves. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, that's a great line. <laughs> if you're going to kill Solomon Grundy, first dig two graves. Uh-huh. <laughs> if you see Solomon Grundy in the road, kill him. <laughs> No, I, but I, I don't, I don't entirely disagree with you, Gav, because mm-hmm. yeah, he, he should be a little bit fun. He's just, just a prick. Yeah. I guess he should but, sing now and then. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that would be ideal. Yes. <laughs> Call something outrageous, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maggie, what was your bad thing? Uh, yeah, here's a question. Why is Dr. Fade explaining Hot Girl's mace to Hot Girl? Like... They could easily do the writing on this so that, like, she could be doing it to literally anyone else in this room. There's a bit where she's basically like, why does my nth mace help hurt him so badly? And Dr. Fate's like, your nth mace is made out of nth metals so that it, it destroys magic. It's like, well, they, she knows and, that. She can just tell that to anybody, you know? In fact, she did tell us that in the mm. Cthulhu monster episode where they're like, where she's like, yeah, those were our gods and we didn't want them anymore. So we built these special weapons to kill them. She knows that. Yeah, just have Superman or like whoever I forget who's in this episode. Just be like, the, the, the only person work? whose weapon was effective is uh, Hot Girl for some reason, and she's like, "Yeah, my nth metal fucks up uh, magic guys like him." Like, oh, I guess he's magic now. Yeah, and not just a shambling corpse. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> yes, cause, which are in yeah, no way he, magic. Yeah, because the way he beat up Superman, on, yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I that- love. Go ahead. He's not magic. He's just, he came back to life and found out someone rented out his apartment. He's just pissed off. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Grundy, have to get another job. Landlord, sell all Grundy's possession. Give cat away. What the hell? (laughs) Put out by curb. No one even bought. Just took. (laughs) (sighs) I, I used to think it was a coincidence that every time. Dwight McDuffie wrote an episode with Superman. Superman was kind of a jerk, but he's a jerk in this one too. And I think that's just how he writes him. And I like that. I'm pretty fine with that, honestly. Yeah. Like here, he's just smashing things and more sensible people are trying to do more sensible things. And and he's like, stop punching. Why? Yeah. (laughs) I do like a pissed off Superman now and then. I emphasize now and then. No, he, yeah, we've talked about this extensively. We don't want that either, but. But in this show, it's okay because they know at his heart, he's still a good guy. Yeah, they know when to pull back. Yeah. Here's the thing. In the co- in, if it's a comic Superman, I want to see like a like a kind like Superman yeah. who's looking for different like it doesn't always have to be about fighting. In this, you know, it's a different Superman. He can be kind of an asshole sometimes if he, ha- if he sometimes. wants, you know? It's, it's Not mostly all because it's mostly because all these supervillains have put him through so much stuff mm-hmm. that he's like, he's so tired of Lex and that's, all his bullshit. I don't like an asshole Superman. I do like an exasperated Superman who is yeah. just done with all of this. Yeah, he is so done with Darkseid and all this invading the Earth stuff. And all. Mm-hmm. Like, would you leave me alone? My God. <laughs> just stop. Could we just for 10 minutes? Could you just settle down? These people are my friends. Could you stop? Did you zap me with a with some kind of ray again? 
that took half an hour to get to me because it zigzagged all over the damn place. <laughs> never uh, see it my- coming, Kryptonian. Shut up. Uh, okay. Yeah, it looks like Billy coming home in the family family circus. Yes, that's where I got the idea. The mm-hmm. only comic on Apocalypse is the family circus. <laughs> yeah, that tracks. It looks like little Jeffy is at it again. Mm-hmm. And on New Genesis, all they have is Kathy. Oh, God. <laughs> Ack. No wonder they're all so mad all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, my bad thing about this episode. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning, uh, Gav very correctly points out that the like the the teen wannabe sorcerer types are very Buffy, which I like. And mm-hmm. look, everybody was riffing on Buffy at this point. It was a great show. And yeah. like it, it was funny. They got some of the real specific sort of teen. Like one of them had some scruff on his face that they don't usually bother drawing that much detail. And it looked good. Mm-hmm. And the other was, was kind of a, a chubby guy. And they like they I don't know. They put a little more care into the character designs. They weren't just sort of the stock nerds, and I like that. Mm. And most of the jokes they made were all right, but there was one about, oh, you must have bought that spell on the internet. Like, mm-hmm. it's not that I care that it's accurate or that I care about the like the the good name of the internet. It's just, <laughs> it felt like a lazy joke. It felt like, uh, let's just put this in here until we think of a real joke. Yeah. That's all. It was a, this is a bad punchline. That's all. You, you still want me to read this line about the internet? Oh, fuck. I meant to take that out. Yeah, whatever. Uh, it's fine. Too late now. Yep. The rest of the episode's good. It should be fine. Yeah. And they're all dead now, aren't they, right? Oh, those children? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, I mean, the, the, one, the one main kid has def, definitely got his entire head exploded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, and then they cut, <laughs> they, they showed Grundy with his fist through the, through the door and then and grabbing his head and then mm-hmm. cut to the credits. Mm-hmm. Yep. You don't want to credits run for a full 60 seconds. He could do a lot of damage in 60 seconds. Oh, exactly. yeah. And then they were never seen again. Mm-hmm. There's a point where he's got Vixen and Vixen. You're right. Maggie is a good design, but she's very slender and like tall and slender. And so mm-hmm. when he picks her up, it looks like he's about to split a Christmas cracker. It's just, yep. it's, Ah. Like it really looks like he's about to snap her in half. It's it's yep. unsettling. Ugh. No, they really th- there's something about this episode. They re- they draw him way bigger. Yeah, I mean and they really they, I, they they leaned into the Hulk thing. Exactly. Like I thought it was a scale thing at first, but it's like, oh no, they've just made him like he's huge. Mm-hmm. And he never speaks. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't until until he's in the sewer and Hawk Girl's about to like like stop him for good mm-hmm. fried chicken. Um, he like, he doesn't <laughs> seem to even recognize anyone. Yeah. Which I like, like the, mm-hmm. the, the guy who was in there is pretty much gone now. Yeah. And I like that. All right. Do we have anything? How you oh. doing buddy? Good. <sighs> All right. Do we have anything else? We got two more episodes to cover. So we should probably, uh, yeah, let's, uh, go. let's go. All right. Uh, Gav, you got a quote? Yes, it's a quote from the start of the episode. My head's going right back in the toilet tomorrow. Don't forget the wedgies. I don't know if I can take it anymore. Me either. So I stopped wearing underpants. Ah, yes, very good. Mm-hmm. Like it. All right. Uh, so, Maggie, you have covered part one and I covered part two. I think we should do these together and then just, dis- like, discuss just the whole... Just roll into it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, why don't you start with uh, the Once and Future Thing Part 1? All right. So we open on our old favorite new place, Neo Gotham. 
Yes, it's the future again, and put-upon scientist David Clinton has invented a time machine for the dual purposes of stealing historical artifacts like so much Carmen Sandiego and annoying his wife. Uh, also a lot like Carmen Sandiego, but that never really wound up in the video games. Anyway, David fucks up when he tries to steal Batman's utility belt, and Bats, Green Lantern, and Wonder Woman chase him into the past. Specifically, the Old West, partner, one of the selected few time periods that all television shows are allowed to visit. <laughs> So the Justice League are then attacked by evil cowboys with future technology and resolve to investigate at the nearby town. There they find famous DC Western characters Jonah Hex, Batlash, Zorro, and... Oh, wow. No, there's no way I'm saying this guy's old comic book name. That's Sheriff Ohi Shah Smith. Mm -hmm. I think I did that right. Uh, they also find Clinton who, Clinton, who has been imprisoned by evil cowboy Mad Dog Tannen, who's been forcing Clinton to steal weapons from the future for him. All of this is just an excuse for a big cowboy superhero robot fight, which really does make all of it worthwhile. Mm -hmm. uh, afterwards, Clinton escapes into the future again by bamboozling Batman, widely regarded to be the least bamboozable guy in alive. Mm -hmm. Gang chases him into the future where they run into just the Justice League Beyond, Old Static, Batman Beyond, and Green Lantern's kid Warhawk. And after this commercial break, we'll reveal to you who Warhawk's mother is. The answer may surprise you. Hot girl. The answer to the last line of Maggie's summary is hot girl. Clinton, who now calls himself Kronos, because you kind of have to do that if you're an evil guy with a time machine, tells us that time moves in the direction of increased entropy. And what better sign of the futility of life and the inevitability of the colla of collapse than knowing that you're going to hook back up with your ex-girlfriend? <laughs> so our guys in the Justice League of the future fight the only consistent bad guys in this future uh, this future ever seems to have. The Jokers. Mm -hmm. I mean, okay, they've been enhanced thanks to a grant from the Kronos Foundation, but they're still <laughs> just the Jokers, so the combined team wipes the floor of the future with them pretty handily. They discover that Kronos has been tampering with time. Well, this comes from out of nowhere. And in this grim future, the Justice League is mostly dead. But not entirely dead because old Bruce is still kicking around. I mean, of course he is. You're not going to go to you're going to go to all the trouble of bringing Batman into this future and not do a bunch of amazing scenes with him interacting with the old guy. That would be insane. A bunch more fan service happens, but like the good kind, like the kind where you point to your TV screen and yell, Hal Jordan, that's Hal Jordan. And your partner says, yes, I know. He just said that. Now, please clean up that bowl of popcorn you just spilled when you leapt off the couch to yell that. <laughs> And naturally, they end up stopping Kronos by, I don't know, reversing the polarities or something. Every go everything goes back to the way it was, and Batman traps Kronos in an infinite loop of endless torment. Which seems harsh, even for Batman. I can only assume he's just showing off how cruel he can be to old Bruce. <laughs> look, look, I can be as mean as you, see? I've still got it. Mm-hmm. Or will happen. The, are you saying the old Dark Knight ain't what he used to be? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Wear your pants up, Bruce. No. <laughs> and now the very crazy old man singers. <laughs> <sighs> that guy's doing it uh, for free. Mm -hmm. I do think we should split our discussion between the two because these are two very different episodes. though. Yes. So let's start with the Western one. This was I'm not usually a fan of Westerns, but this was a lot of fun. This was. It's just let's send these three guys back to the back to the old west and have them hook up with like the DC Western characters, you know, well, like they, yeah. Jonah Hex is there. He's always here. We had I tried to remember. I know we had one Batman episode with a flashback to Jonah Hex times like. Yes. Like, because I, yeah. I was it mostly was remembering. Yeah, it was. You're right. Yeah. 
because we've had Jonah Hex in uh, the uh, Brave and the Bold as well. And I sometimes mm-hmm. like, wait a minute. Am I thinking of that one? No, no, no. He's shown up here. So, yeah. Um, but they do a thing at the very beginning of this when they start going back in time where they they just take a brief moment and almost turn to the camera and say, this is just going to be a fun adventure. Don't take this too mm-hmm. seriously. And like, yeah. it's not campy, but it is fun. And it's yeah. it's a great like like the stakes still matter and the characters still are doing things that will impact them later. But it's also just to, like John Stewart in particular just seems to be having a really good time. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love, love him. Th- th- they they switch over to like cowboy disguises mm-hmm. and John's just like, I'm not wearing this. It smells terrible. Yeah, I'm not and wearing some other guy's pants. Green Lantern <laughs> pants. Yeah. Yep. It's much better. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, it's fun because even the, the the main villain of this two-parter isn't really a villain in this. No. no. He's he, more of a, I don't know, comical sidekick. I, I love, so they show up and he's been there for, he's been trapped in the West for six months. And yeah, it's, um, it's the Spock Nero thing where like yeah. they followed each other, but one of them's been there longer. Yeah. Um, and so like he basically helps them for the entire episode. And then right at the end when they're when they're like, all right, well, I guess we'll go back to normal and everything. He's just like, I don't think I'm going to actually. And then he fucks off to the future. Mm-hmm. It's just it's and, such a shitty thing to do. God, I love this guy. And you're not <laughs> wrong to call out that he how the fuck did he outsmart Batman? But on the other hand, you got to get on with things. So he just happened to outsmart Batman. OK, well, doesn't I, matter. I, I, I kind of love Batman does not even regard him as a threat at this point. So, well, this is oh, just yeah. the most pathetic man alive. Mm-hmm. Batman, how do you steal that time machine from you? I honestly was not expecting it. I I know that my whole deal is expecting everything, but like, gee, look at the guy for God's sake. Yeah, basic risk assessment would tell you just holding it in my hand is enough. That guy is absolutely a negative four. And this is this is my good thing is like. I love that. I love how pathetic he is. I love his mm-hmm. entire motivation for nearly destroying the entire space time continuum is I'll show her mm-hmm. like it. It to me has a very strong Twilight Zone feel to it. He felt like a real Twilight Zone character. And this feeds into your bad thing, Maggie. You can talk about that in a sec. But like, I mean, yeah, they 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 took a few dumb cliches in this episode. Like they did a she's standing right behind me joke, which I actually mm-hmm. kind of liked. Mm. Yes. Like that. <laughs> Batman's talking about Wonder Woman and how, oh no, we're not a couple. And he's he's not in love with her at all. Yeah. And then she's standing right behind me, isn't she? And honestly, I think it worked probably. No, I'm in front of you. Because, (laughs) how'd you get there? Jeez. (laughs) But I think, I think it worked partially because Conroy didn't read it like a sitcom character. He read it like Batman. Yep. (laughs) And that made it funny to me. I did like that they were, you know, they just were talking like regular people in an office. Well, that. Yeah, that beginning bit with him and John in the like in the cafeteria was so mm. good. It's just it's, a couple of guys talking. It's uh-huh. been so interesting watching Batman, who is very clearly against the whole like it's like all right, we're gonna do a Justice League thing because we have to, but I'm a jerk and we don't hang. I'm a part timer. Yeah, yeah. To hanging out in the cafeteria with John, going, so how's it going? You having a good time? Like, uh, what'd you get up to this weekend? I beat up the mm-hmm. Joker. So you and Shaira, huh? <laughs> You catch the game this weekend? No, I fought Two Face. Mm-hmm. You fight Two Face a lot. Tell me about it. Oh. Yeah, at least uh, two times every time. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's his whole deal. 
twice a but, month and four and four times in February. <laughs> but uh, there is the the other side of this, which is yeah, they did they did use up some kind of cliche things, and one of them was your bad thing. Yeah, I um. They very much lean into the 1960s ass horrible wife trope, and I hate that crap. Yeah, it's just like you're right. It once I see it in the sort of like Twilight Twilight Zone thing, like it makes a lot more sense, and it also it makes the ending make a lot more sense. But it's still like I hate this shit, you know. No, it's it like that's not a defense of it. It still sucks. But yeah, I think, this is some brave and the bold shit for God's sake. Yeah, you're not wrong. Which, if you don't uh, listen to our Patreon, that show hates women. Or or just barely considers them, but often mm-hmm. hates them as well, yeah. Yeah. It's a lot like Harcourt Fenton Mud from Star Trek, and that was, what, 50 years, 60 years ago? Yeah. I, it would have been, like, 40 years before this, but it's still long enough that they should have learned better, yeah. Ah, Captain Kirk, I was just hiding from my horrible wife that I hate. Hmm. Remember last time when I had a whole planet full of sex workers? Remember that? That really pissed my horrible wife off for some reason. She did not mm-hmm. like that at all. Nope. Anyway, hello. <laughs> what a delightful character. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gav, what was your good thing? What was my good thing? Oh, yes. I do love that all the characters are from old DC Western comics. Batlash, mm-hmm. Jonah Hex, and the Native American... Oh yeah, yes, uh, Smith. Mm-hmm. But they found and they found a way to get his old name in without it being insulting. You know, oh, is that what it was when they when the guy dropped the casual racism bomb on him? Yeah, yeah, yes, that's that, was, that was that was his the actual. Name uh, mm-hmm. That was his actual superhero quote unquote name from like now sixties or whatever. Uh, I think in the context of of saying what they said in the episode and what it used to be in the comics, not that we think it's okay. Could you please tell me what that name is? Uh, Powell so, Smith. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah. Well, but no, it's cool. They made him a dignified character who mm-hmm. had like it. I what I guess is an actual native name, which is good. Yeah. Better. Yeah, and he's a sheriff as well, isn't he? Yeah, that was also very yeah. cool. Yeah. No, I, I enjoyed this whole team of guys. Um, And there were some good uh, uh voice polls. Actually, mm-hmm. the guy who did his voice is uh, Jonathan Joss, who was the voice of John Redcorn on King of the yep. Hill, which was great. Mm-hmm. Um. And okay, we all know Adam Baldwin sucks, but he's he a good performer and he's a great Jonah Hex. He he really is, you know, like Adam Baldwin can fuck off, but also like, yeah. No, that's a great like, voice for him, though. I It is. And I really like Jonah Hex, the character. Like, I have a lot of fondness yeah. for that guy. And like yeah. seeing him done well always makes me happy. Yeah. Was, was and, he... Sorry, was he the guy that voiced him in the other episode, or do we not know? I think don't so. remember. It's been a really long time since. I'm sure. Like that was that was early Batman, so I'm not I'm not 100 sure. Like I, what I'm saying is I don't know if Adam Baldwin was uh, prominent enough to be getting work like that yet. Mm. In like the 90s when they were making that show. No, uh, it looks true. like it was Bill McKinney the first time ah, around. Okay. Um. And uh, let's see, El Diablo, who is sort of their Zorro analog, mm-hmm. uh, was voiced by Nestor Carbonell, who he was in uh, Lost. He played a character called Richard, who was very good. He, <laughs> Nestor Carbonell has a unique condition where his eyes just look like he has perfect eye makeup on all the time, but he's just got really good lashes is all it is. That's <laughs> amazing. It's Yeah, he looks he looks just like like he's got exquisite eye makeup. He was just born that way. Um, mm-hmm. 
Uh, but he also played Batman well in the very briefly lived uh, uh, Tick live action series, who was mm. like a Spanish Batman type character. So I wonder if that's why he played this guy. Yeah. Um, and Chronos uh, uh, is uh, Peter McNichol, who mm-hmm. uh, I am. I assume Maggie mostly knows from Ghostbusters too, but he's Correct. Ali McBeal and a bunch of other things. He is Vigo. You are like the buzzing of flies to him. <laughs> Yeah, he's from Tordovia. Yeah. Oh, and uh, the horrible wife was Mindy Sterling, who was yep. Frau Farbissina in the Austin Powers movies. So even yeah, that. Yeah, a bunch like, of other stuff, too. But uh... yeah. So it's just a, <laughs> oh, yeah, like a, mm-hmm. a really good voice cast. Yep. And I like I'm not a big Westerns guy, but I like this team. Like, I, oh, yeah. Like, this is kind of the Justice League of the late 1800s. And I kind of dug it. Well, it just they're all fun, you know? Like, yeah, and then then you got the other guy who's your good thing. Yeah, my good thing, uh, Batlash, a character I have almost no familiarity with, other than that he's like mm-hmm. kind of a smug guy with a little daisy on his chest. He's mm-hmm. so much fun. Like that guy's personality hits so hard from the second he shows up, and he's like fucking playing cards with some guy. Like he's just so much fun. He just bleeds personality all over the place. I'm like, I love hanging out with this guy. No, and he's the, he's kind of a stock Western character. He's just kind of a charming, a, a bit roguish, but not yeah. bad. But he's guy he's and fun. Yeah, it yeah. works. I remember the first time I heard of Batlash, I was like, "Oh, that's something to do with Batman." But no, mm-hmm. it's just his name. There's yeah, the bit not... where he's like, "You can call me Bat," and uh, Green Lantern kind of looks at Batman, and Batman's just like, "I'm Bruce. You can call me Bruce." <laughs> <laughs> Bat Lash beat Batman. Mm-hmm. I mean, in lesser hands, they would have done that exact thing, but. So, like, what, make did, like, knows a, what he's did like, a, like a bat with a whip fly through your window or like, what's the. No. Mm-hmm. What are you no, talking I'm about? A, I'm just a guy. This is the 1800s and people got weird fucking names. That's all. Bruce, not a, some, some of your experiences do not translate well to other people's experiences. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't understand. We know you don't. All of his experiences. <laughs> uh, Maggie, I think you're the one who mentioned that uh, Bruce should have been a little freaked out seeing a Zorro guy. Yeah, yeah. I, it would have been so awesome if he was just like, is that guy Zorro? That's mm-hmm. so cool. I love Zorro. Yeah, but also uh, can't really think about Zorro anymore because something real bad happened after I saw that movie. Mm-hmm. Why? What happened? Uh, <laughs> Do you think he never? Oh no, he did see. So I thought he left early, but no, he's seen it all, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. The, the Zorro movie. No, you got to see all of all of uh, the poke of Zorro, and uh, then the worst thing in his life happened. Yeah, like I just imagine some some years later, he's flipping through TV, and that movie's on, and he just like reduced to a weeping heap. I mean, that's yes. that's in Dark Knight Returns. Is it? Yeah, it is. There's a bit where he's like, like right before he becomes Batman again. Oh, right, 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 right. Sitting in his room fuming, and he's like, "The Mark of Zorro." Not I crap. knew I should have turned it off uh-huh. that night. My mother's pearls. Right. The worst thing in my life happened that night, and then my mm-hmm. parents were murdered. <laughs> <laughs> worst thing in your life so far. <laughs> Fucking hate this movie. I wish we'd gone to see Zorro the Gay Blade. <laughs> I wish we'd gone to see Shrek. <laughs> Which somebody on the internet on Twitter or somewhere said, like, Robert Pattinson, Batman, mm-hmm. thinking back, that might have been the movie he saw with his parents. I love Some that. Body is, that the, is that the thing that turned, that the thing that turned him emo? Mm-hmm. 
Could be. Uh, Gav, what was your bad thing about this episode? Right. They get futuristic things from the future. Um, yes. The main mm-hmm. guy has a gun that uh, sort of has bits that come out of it, with so it has lots of different uh, weapons on it that sort of point towards you. Anyway, it's just stupid. It, it, it's it's a gun that becomes five guns, like that time Mo glued a bunch of handguns to his shotgun. It yes. looks it and looks like yes. something from a Bugs Bunny cartoon. They swing out on these yes. like, like uh, hinged arms. It does not like look they, something you should take seriously at all. Like they should have gun. white. They should have white gloves holding the the other guns. Yes, <laughs> I would have liked it then. I I, them, I I loved it. It was just it was so stupid. It, but it was supposed to be threatening. It wasn't mm-hmm. supposed to be stupid. Is the thing? Yes. No. That was the problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if someone had pulled that and it would have been kind of a joke, like, well, I've got this future weapon and everyone just kind of looks at him and says, yeah, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> okay, buddy. Well, I mean, I like mean, if he pull- – go ahead. No, I was just going to say, even if it just pointed at different people, that would have been better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or I mean, like no. if he pulled out like a big cable gun or something, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it gets well, across they- that threat a little bit more. It's just like, yeah, I got a big future gun. No, they gave his guys other future guns and they looked okay. But mm-hmm. the main like the main guy should have had the, the meanest looking gun, not that thing. Yeah. I, I just I can't be mad. It's so I absolutely if I was taking over a town with future technology, I too would have picked the gun that turns into five guns. All right. Uh like Ma- Maggie, the- we've got like a like a death laser here. I don't want that. Give me that stupid looking one. Mm-hmm. How how bad will those people feel to be cowering for their lives over this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this indignity plus threats. Mm-hmm. My bad thing. Um, so again, I'm not a big westerns guy, but I do appreciate that they really captured the feel of an old western, like like yeah. like a good old western, and like. The person doing the score wrote, like, you can tell it's in there. They, they wrote really excellent music that evokes, like, I don't know, the Magnificent Seven or, or you know, like the, the big epic ones. And that's completely ruined by the fact that it's all played on synthesizers instead of with an orchestra. Yeah. Like, I know orchestras aren't cheap, but they could afford them on, like, Batman and Superman, and they should have sprung mm-hmm. for it here because it's, it, like, that style of music doesn't work in this form. It It just sounded lame to me. <laughs> Well, and they do that, that, that like, like magnificent, magnificent seven scene where they're all walking slowly and riding yeah. horses and shit. That song is literally the magnificent seven like theme. Yeah. They probably changed enough notes so that they wouldn't get sued, but yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they plink it out on a little Casio and it yep. just ruins it. Blunk, 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 uh-huh. blunk, blunk, blunk. <laughs> it's cowboy time with the justice league. Mm hmm. I uh, very much enjoyed uh, Diana's cowboy outfit looking a lot like uh, Deanna Troy's cowboy outfit in um, Fistful of Datas. <laughs> I mean, that's just a good look. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Uh... The time travel guy, Kronos, mm-hmm. uh, said to his wife at the beginning that he's just stolen stuff that wouldn't be missed. But mm-hmm. unfortunately, one of them was the Magna Carta. I, you know, Gav, you grew up in the UK, right? Or or adjacent to the UK, at least. Like, am I wrong in assuming the Magna Carta is an important document? 
I would have said so, yes. I would have said someone would think, oh, that's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. That that might affect history a tiny bit, maybe. Just plus, just you, a yeah, you you have uh, you have a fair amount of schooling in in history, so you would know this. Like, yes, that might affect things, right? Yes, I would have thought that you know, if it's okay. suddenly not there, someone would miss it. Yeah, and, and English history might change a bit. It should do because <laughs> someone else might get you know jailed yeah. for it, and then yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I we're going to get into this a bit more in the next episode, but one of the things I love about Kronos is that like this is such a stupid thing to do you know it's just well, he's a, I stole stuff he's people a... won't miss like the Magna Carta and that big statue that the Simpsons keep in their basement <laughs> <laughs> what what was a gift from Mr. Bird? Uh-huh. I, I don't know like he's a physics guy he might not really know history you know what I mean mm-hmm. like he's he's like look I built a time machine that's how I'm smart I'm real stupid about other stuff like the only reason he stole the Magna Carta is because he's heard of it, so he knows it's probably pretty important. Yeah, it's probably valuable. Get a few bucks mm-hmm. on eBay for this. Yeah, I uh, I like at the end they just go full like any good time travel story just goes full bug nuts at the end. It's like okay, we've been playing by Western rules, but now you know what? There's big robots and there's pterodactyls, and who who fucking cares? Everything yeah. from every time is here, and. Yeah. Uh, including a Pegasus, which I assume came from Pegasus times. It, here's the thing. It was a Pegasus and then it gets damaged and you find out it was actually a robot Pegasus. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Along, that's the same with the pterodactyl. It was mm-hmm. a robot. Right. But I'm assuming the only reason for that is so that they could shoot at it. Well, you know, it would right. be. It well, yeah, you be... don't want to kill a real pterodactyl. Yeah. They're endangered. Also, I've been saying this since we did the earliest Batman episodes when we started this like four years ago or whatever, and I still say it. They keep managing to make robots that are not like any of the other robots and look cool. And the ones in this are, are no exception. Like mm-hmm. they've got like this. They look kind of like the the big battle droids from from uh, the Star Wars prequels, like the the ones that walk around like guys. Yeah, they all seem to be different as well from each other, which I quite like. Right. Although they kind of reminded me of the Futurama robot. I could see that as well. Yeah, and then they have like a glass bubble where you can get inside the thing and, and steer it around, and it's just like the Bruce Tim style seems so simple, but they've done a thousand different distinctive robots, and I love that. His yeah. his style translates so well to just inventing new robots, and really, that's yeah. the genius that is Bruce Tim. You know? Yeah, that's true. You'll get an argument from me, Ken Plume. There's also a point where um, uh, John uses his ring to mm-hmm. scare people with what looks like a ghost, and it is the most Scooby Doo looking ghost. That was so fucking funny, and just <laughs> like straight up Hanna Barbera looking ghost coming down the corridor. And just the noise it's making is literally John just going "ooh." <laughs> oh, that's what I was saying before. John, in particular, they've written him like like. Early on, they wrote him like this hardcore Marine who has mm-hmm. no fun or whatever. And then they decided, oh, we need to lighten him up. And whenever there's a just a full on adventure, he really yeah. has fun. And that seems to be the case here where he's just like, yeah, I'm having a blast. This is, I, I scared that idiot by thinking there was a ghost. Mm-hmm. I, it's, that, it's, that doesn't it's, work in the, in the 21st century. This is great. It's like, okay, well, like we're on a, I've been on a time travel adventure before. Like this will be fine. Yeah, but he was fighting Nazis then. Now he's just punching cowboys. It's much, much less, you know. Now I can just save it, save this town from like being enslaved by future technology. And Mm -hmm. also like 
the guy who stole the thing is right here, which should be pretty easy to fix this. Like, yeah, let's just have cowboy times. Yeah, exactly. And it it's it reminds me a bit of the episode where they turn into kids and mm-hmm. he's like, yay, I'm a kid again. I'm going to do kid stuff. And it's just mm-hmm. like, yeah, John's John's just a l- l- adorable little nerd under all that. I love it. Yep. Yep. All right. Anything uh, else before we talk about the future one? I think that's mm-hmm. it. This is my quote. OK, what do you got? Uh, this is uh, <laughs> this sums up everything you need to know about Jonah Hex. And I kind of love it. Fancy gun belt you got there. I'm thinking you folks are time travelers. Where would you get a crazy idea like that? Experience. I've had an interesting life. Mm-hmm. Now, did they ever pay off the he's been to the future thing on this show? I know they did it in uh, Brave and the Bold. No, it's was actually that more of a reference to the comics. It's That's a comics reference because yeah. uh, there was a point in the 80s where the Jonah Hex comic got canceled because no one was reading it because yeah. it was like one of the last Westerns. And they yeah. made him go into the future and do like a Mad Max riff. Yeah, I, I don't think I ever read that comic, but I saw it on the spinner rack a lot. Yeah. No, I had like one issue of that and I never understood it because I didn't like when I was a kid, I didn't like anything that wasn't just superheroes. Well, plus that's a there's a lot. There's a lot of things going on in that concept. And if you're not coming in at issue one, there's probably even more stuff. And you're probably just like, what is happening here? It's like, wait, what? He's a cowboy. Yeah. But. But he's in the future. Mm-hmm. What happened? To and his it's face? all from a movie I'm not allowed to watch. Oh yeah. <laughs> but I will. But I do play the Nintendo game at my friend's house occasionally. Well, that's all you need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Often it was. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the future one now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm just gonna go into my good thing here. I love that this show can just do whatever the fuck it will. Like, think about how crazy this is that they're just like. Yeah, we're going to do a Batman Beyond episode, but also static. Like, mm-hmm. it's so cool that they got to bring back a bunch of guys I never thought I'd see again and yeah. do it in a way that was still fun and interesting. And and I keep praising their world building because it's so good. Like, I know this is an alternate future that didn't happen, but I like to think old static turns out like that in the correct future as well. Like, he's like, it's good. See, I love that kid. And it's good mm-hmm. seeing that he grew up and he joined the Justice League and he's doing OK. And like, I doesn't uh, doesn't old static show up again in like that epilogue episode or something. I don't think he does. I think okay. we saw him in the I think we've seen him elsewhere previously, mm-hmm. but I don't think he shows up again. But it was it was fun and it was fun seeing Terry again. And yeah. like and, and this whole world like, yeah, I I kid about the Jokers, but they're great visual design. And it was fun. Oh, to yeah. See enhancing them with dumb bullshit like chucko had this like hovering ball thing and like that was such a neat idea like that was the first like tip off like it didn't occur to me right away that that they had all been enhanced i just assumed that they had been like like yeah we've got like robot arms and stuff like you don't remember Mm -hmm. it but they're here i'm like yeah i probably don't know one had robot arms yeah yeah exactly but like scarecrow guy could turn his hand into a saw like i don't remember Mm -hmm. that but he probably could do it yeah, using um, using knee jerk technology, yeah. I assume. Yeah, of course. It's <laughs> been upgraded to elbow jerk. <laughs> and then Dee Dee had a had the ability to turn herself into like infinite copies, mm-hmm. which was very good. Yeah. But um, I forgot yeah. what my point was. Oh, it was it was just cool. It was cool yeah, seeing them. No, this is good it, stuff. It was cool. It was cool, but it, they really shouldn't have. Well, my bad thing is surely that Kronos could have got better villains from all of time and space. 
rather than yeah. use the ones that he you know had. I, I think I think he's just like I said, very unambitious and unimaginative. Mm-hmm. Is my my take on that? You're not wrong, but I think that's why. Like, <laughs> that probably he's, makes sense. He's from Batman Beyond times, so like the Jokers are like the only guys he's heard of. Oh. Uh. Yeah, it's like, all right, well, I'll just get the worst guys I personally could think of. And uh, I don't know. I'll make this guy's lower torso be a ball. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. These guys hassled okay. me on the subway one day, so I'm going to mm-hmm. I'm going to make them work for me now. Mm-hmm. Where you going, time travel guy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I'm going to make yeah, them get... call me Lord Kronos. Sorry, mm-hmm. Lord Kronos. Mm-hmm. Oh, you fucking. So, uh, Chucko is the, mm-hmm. is the big one with the, with the, the ball thing. And, and the mask. He, yeah. Yeah. And he pisses him off. So Kronos sends him back to dinosaur times. And he's like, that's okay. I got a Darth Maul lightsaber. I'll, I'll rule this place in a week. And then the meteor that killed the dinosaurs shows up. And he's like, ah, oh, shit. That was <laughs> such so a good moment. Fucking fun. Oh, my God. I was dying. The show and then- will draw an elaborate, like, gorgeously rendered prehistoric landscape for that 10-second mm-hmm. joke. And then, like, the asteroid-hitting animation is so fucking good, too. Yeah, but that's what like I mean. They, they went they went all out on that animation. For, it's yeah. such a throwaway gag that doesn't really matter, but the, the care that went into that was so good. Well, that's the thing. Like, that cutaway to, like, the fucking apocalypse is so yeah. fucking funny because it looks so good. Uh-huh. Oh, and you're like, God. okay, he's dinosaur times. That's fine. But uh, yeah. nope. <laughs> yep. I, and then all the all the, the time stuff blinking in and out is very yep. good. Like Diana disappears halfway through the episode. I don't love that, but No, I miss Diana, but uh But like I said in my summary, we got Hal Jordan for mm-hmm. um, long enough to satisfy anyone who wanted to see Hal Jordan without having yeah. to put him in the show. I like that's that's a good way to split the difference and say here he is now shut up. Sorry, I just I love the idea that Diana disappeared because her mother and some clay never met at the enchantment under the sea dance. <laughs> well, uh, Bruce and old Bruce start going. Well, maybe she never left the island, or maybe mm-hmm. she got killed, or like yeah, okay, could be. No, a lot that's of it. Yeah, Hippolyta and some clay never met each other. Mm. She didn't hook up with Gumby that one night. Yeah. <laughs> She just she just slept in that night. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now she's married to the bad guy from the last episode's descendant. <laughs> so let's talk about Warhawk. Mm-hmm. Now this is an alternate future that may not happen. We we all know how that works. But I like John just coming to terms with no. I can I could have Shire on the team again. It's cool. I'm with Vixen yeah. now, and I could be a, like we talked about. I could be a professional. Mm-hmm. And then it's like oh, but by the way. Uh, history is inevitable. You're going to get back with her and you're going to have a kid. Well, fuck. Probably I have no free will. Uh, this is great. Probably shouldn't tell Vixen about this one either. <laughs> yeah. So how is the, the future? Just the, the crisis of just realizing you have no free will. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. None of this matters. It's mm-hmm. so good. I love Unfortunately, I made him. Joke. Sorry. What's that? Unfortunately, I've... him and Batman are the only two people that know about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know why Diana doesn't remember like, yeah, she blinked out during it, but she should remember the part she was there for. I would think. I mean, I guess just cause she didn't make it to the end of to the beginning of the universe or whatever. I don't know. It's, it's very like uh, we did uh, 20 minutes. Look, time, up, we need to finish. Look, time travel rules never make sense. 
ever no. in anything. No. You just have to live with this is how they work in this world, and that's mm-hmm. it. Yes, the thing in Austin Powers where he says to think about it too much is is yeah. correct for everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, they did. Uh, for me, the very best like nod to the comics that I could imagine, which is I don't know if it came from this, but there's a there's a good uh, one shot Green Lantern story called Ganthet's Tale, which mm-hmm. uh, uh, sci fi author Larry Niven wrote. Mm-hmm. And uh, it shows the Green Lanterns uh, trying to figure out the origins of life in the universe or the origin of the universe. And if you look back to the very beginning, you just see a hand clutching some stars and they yeah. they showed that. And it's like. I made a joke about, oh, look, it's Hal Jordan. But like the bigger dorky thing was, look, it's the hand. Yeah, that's uh, that's some real deep, deep DC lore crap. That's great. And, you know, I love that kind of shit. And I feel like they sat down with all the like time. Okay, we're doing our big fuck off two part time travel episode. What's all the stuff we can't work into a modern setting? Like Mm -hmm. just throw every single thing you can in this and we'll figure out a way to get to it. And they did that. Mm -hmm. Ah, so much fun. Uh, what was your good thing about this episode, Maggie? I mentioned this before. I think Kronos is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, like the voice acting already, already awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Like in the previous episode, he was just kind of a little shit. And like, that's fine. In this, he goes full, not just full on supervillain, but full on pathetic supervillain. And I love him so much. Like he just like in the time between when he disappeared and when the justice league show up in the future, everything is ruined. He's completely lost his mind. He stole the Titanic so he could live in it. Like, but it's but so funny. He sleeps in the little cot in the jailhouse from the old West because he spent so much time there and that's where he's comfortable now, which is yeah. a, just a weird psychological detail that I really like. Yeah, like I really everything like about that. this, everything about this guy is just fascinating to me and his design is good. I love his little bug eyes. Oh, yeah, he's he's got got the crazy eyes at the end. Yeah, he's got these eyes that no one else in a Bruce Timm animated show has. And it's such Mm -hmm. a good like, oh, this guy, this guy's this guy's crazy in a way that we don't see crazy very often. And we see Batman punch a lot of crazy people. And I said this at the end of the previous episode, how a time a good time travel story always has everything going chaotic and nuts at the end. Like, Mm -hmm. like that's when you. You don't need to make sense. You just pull out all the crazy shit that you haven't gotten to yet. And that's the the way they get to that this time is, I don't know. Here's some Revolutionary War soldiers. Here's Mm -hmm. some this. Here's some that. I'll just pull anything out of history that can help me fight you. And like just him becoming so unhinged and grasping at weird shit from history is very good. And then like his plan is to go back to the beginning of time and just own the universe. Just make himself God. Mm hmm. And Batman's like, we got to stop him. He'll make himself God. But like, let's be real. He'd just fuck it up. Yeah. Yeah, that would be the worst thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unlike now, where the universe is orderly and makes sense. And oh, yeah, everything's well, going well, this great. this universe, that's, that's what's happened. Kronos mm-hmm. has gone back. To oh, the no. <laughs> this is indeed the worst, the most disturbing universe. Thanks a lot, Kronos. You're not my good thing anymore. <laughs> Don't blame me. I voted for Kronos. <laughs> <laughs> No, he also, was. He, he was bought himself a shirt with an hourglass on it. Because why not? Well, yeah, you got to. Mm-hmm. So you think he stole everything else, but he bought that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He commissioned that. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. But he didn't pay the artist because he's evil. Yeah, because <laughs> like you could I mean, do this for exposure. 
<laughs> all right, that'll be uh, all right. That thirty, that uh, that shirt comes out to let's see, uh, fifty bucks altogether. Nope. Mm-hmm. Well, I, Michelangelo, will never fall for this again. <laughs> Time to get back to drawing on this ceiling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm getting real good at drawing dicks up here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice shirt. I'm, Thanks. I'm a vandal. A vandal designed it for me. <laughs> Not vandal savage though. No. Vandal regular. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, so Gav, I've been saving your good thing on purpose because this is, this is like, this is obviously the whole point of all of this. The whole of, uh, the DCAU. Yeah. You say, you say, here's a time travel story to the future. This is whoever's writing the script in this case, it's their best guy. It's like, okay, I'm building it around this moment. Everything else doesn't really matter. <laughs> yes. My good thing then is got to be old Bruce and Batman, younger Batman, doing a good cop, bad cop routine. No notes, mm-hmm. perfection. Yep. Fucking. They're okay. Batman of all people just going like, I, you better, you you better this tell guy's my friend. Crazy. What he, yeah, you better tell yeah. my friend what he wants to know. He's crazy. Yeah. Very good. Um, but there's um. They do that, and it looks a little scary, and then they mm. cut away, and they cut back, and the guy's like, and we have 6,742 Jokers scattered <laughs> across 400 places. And just, like, he has told him every, and I wet my yep. bed. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah, it just reinforces the whole Obama and beyond. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Terry, like, introducing them to each other and thinking it's yeah. funny because Terry's Terry. That was, like... I'm glad he didn't get lost in all this. Well, and they're hey, both like, Bruce, shut up. Batman? Uh? <laughs> or do you guys know each other? Mm-hmm. Like, he's still cracking his stupid jokes. It's it's so good. Yeah. I, I, also, really love Batman. I also really yeah. love Batman's line. It's just like, I'm surprised I'm not dead. Yeah. <laughs> but I like, I like both of them turning to Terry and saying, not now. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even met this kid and I'm already tired of him. Oh, mm-hmm. believe me. I know. <laughs> But it's also look, a good. Okay. I've had a, uh, look, I've had a day. Oh, have you? I've had a life. Yeah, look, I've had 90 years. So. <laughs> but I, I also. It really shows Kevin Conroy's like he really played these characters differently when you hear them together. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, old, old Bruce isn't just a slightly craggy other Bruce. Like there's more to this performance than that. They oh, sound yeah. like different guys. It's very mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's almost like Kevin Conroy is very good at playing Batman. Well, of course he is. But, you know, that doesn't mean he could play every ver- like, you know, every permutation of it perfectly necessary. I mean, but he, no, but the did. fact that he can is why he's still yeah. like the best version of Batman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. I mean, Batman, he's going to be the one person that doesn't meddle with age, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He'll just get there the hard way. Yep. <laughs> By not dying ever. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Batman, uh, bad... Batman just gets back to the president. It's just like, I noticed Robin and Nightwing and Batgirl weren't around. Should I do something about that? Maybe be nicer to them or something? Nah. In fact, they very specifically said protect Tim. I wonder what that was about. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> For the love of God, whatever you do, protect Tim. Don't let Tim mm-hmm. out of your sight. Here's the date mm-hmm. when the Joker is going to escape and ruin Tim. Do something mm-hmm. about what do you say? 
Oh, well, I didn't hear the end of that, so. I did buy this bulletproof vest because you told me to, though, so. (laughs) I figured, what the hell. Mm -hmm. So, I do have a good kids love Justice League moment, which is, I know it gets undone. This is not the correct future. This all gets wiped away by time travel. But they, uh, uh, Dee Dee and Dee Dee straight up murder Terry McGinnis. Yep. Just kill him right there. You get to cut to old Bruce on his computer going like, oh, God, Terry. Yeah, I lost another one. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then he opens up the basement and there's a cl- there's several clones of Terry, right? Next one. Oh, yeah. Ah, uh, hey, spoilers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sort of. Uh, like Terry McClonus. Mm, nailed it. Mm, I sure did. The, I, 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 like any kid watching this is still going to see him get murdered it doesn't matter if it yeah didn't happen it happened you know what mm-hmm. I, like, it has happened i saw it happen that like it took me that long to realize oh this is an alternate future thing this isn't gonna like matter yeah. by the end of the episode yeah uh what else i think that's everything i got that's about that that's about all that i had yeah yeah oh there was a there was a good bit where uh, Batman, uh, our Batman from from now is going out to stop things, and, and Terry goes, oh, "You you you don't know anything about this place," and he says, uh, are, "Are criminals still superstitious and cowardly?" Uh, so well, good. and then old old Bruce goes, "Yes," like mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. Again, fan service can be so pandery and mm-hmm. and and eye rolly when it's not done properly, but this is this is it done well. This is. Yeah. He said the Batman thing, which mm-hmm. should be tiresome, but it's not. It's great. No, it just it's just awesome. Fucking love yeah. Batman. Yeah. Uh all right. Well, yeah. I suppose that's mm-hmm. it. Got a quote for us? Hey! Where's Kronos? My arm's getting tired. I can't believe I was ever that green. This is how you interrogate someone. And we've got 9,453 active jokers organized into about 200 smaller groups. I don't know where Kronos is. He contacts us. He spends every night in a different one of those old buildings. There's no way of knowing ahead of time where he's going to be. And that's everything I know. Everything... I went my bed until I was 14. Losing my patience. I can't control my friend here much longer. You better give us something we can use. His wife! I know where his wife is. Wow. Batman playing good cop. Everything's relative. All right. Well, I suppose that's all for Justice League Unlimited Season 1. It was a mm-hmm. fucking great season of television. Hell yeah, it was. And it's only going to get better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great way to finish the season. Next yeah. week's one of my favorite episodes. So, like, is it? I believe next week is uh, the Birds of Prey episode. No. All right. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I see why you think that because next week we have an episode called "The Cat and the Canary," but that's actually yeah, that about wild. C- that's actually about Wildcat and Black Canary, not not the no. Birds of Prey. But well, I, I, I completely understand why you, you thought that, yeah. Uh, Wildcat's pretty good, though. They, it's um, uh, Arlie Ermey, just like in um, uh, Brave and the Bold, and uh, he's, a, he's a fun Oh, character. look. 
He's fine. He's just no uh, one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. No, that one's coming up uh, in a few weeks, and uh, Tilo will mm-hmm. be on for that one. She yeah. Actually, she called that one three years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, next week we have it, that. It was either two minutes before or two minutes after Sabrina called her episode. So. Yeah, look, I'm doing Wonder Pig. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then um, we also have an episode called The Ties That Bind. And there's also, a, I guess, a, a smaller episode in there called Miracles Happen. Like, it's not three episodes. It's two. I think it's another Christmas thing where there's a couple of stories. Uh, all right. So uh, so that's next week. Uh, mm-hmm. The website, as ever, kidslovebatman.com. If you want to write to us, kidslovebatmanpodcast at Gmail. And uh, that's all for this time. Yeah. See you, folks. Twala. For more information about this show and the people who make it, visit kidslovebatman.com. To provide financial support for this show and all of the shows produced by Algar Productions, consider a pledge at patreon.com Algar. That's double A-L-G-A-R. The Kids Love Batman podcast is a co-production of Maggie Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Copyright 2023, Algar Productions. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun. Fun.